Seeing the world in black and white is for suckers. We see grey in shades and all the colours of the rainbow in spades. This is the Progressive Rugby League Podcast. Progressive Rugby League. Hello and welcome to the Progressive Rugby League podcast. John O'Duncan and Big Al back from a brief sojourn. And we're taking the reins as it's Slug's turn to soak in the rays this week. But don't fear, Slug will be back quicker than it took for his face to dry when he covered it with house paint in the colours of his beloved knights all those years ago. Big Al, hello, how are you? Uh, I'm really well. Thanks for, thanks for having me in uh, your outside studio. Oh, it's, it's wonderful to have you here. And it's a huge week in rugby league. Mm. We've got another big show. We've got our weekend, weekend reflections coming up. We've got a massive mailbag section. We've got an enormous international update that Big Al's got prepared for us. And, of course, our world-famous progressive moments of the week. So it's a big show. Why don't we get started? What, what are your reflections from the weekend, Big Al? So, first, I'd just like to, I'd like to stop. stop the show, actually. We're stopping uh, the show? We're stopping we the show. Actually, well, I just want to pause it for a moment okay. because there is somebody really special in my life yeah. Has had a really significant occasion the past week. Oh, okay. And I just want to acknowledge them publicly because this this. Do I know this person? I think you're quite familiar with this person. Okay. Their name is Rugby League, oh. <laughs> and she's just celebrated her 123rd birthday. Wow. Yeah, on Happy the 29th birthday. of August. So just after our last podcast, Rugby League turned 123. So I just want to stand out there in front of everybody I know and publicly state. Yeah. Happy birthday, dear friend. Yeah, I mean, looking pretty well for 123 oh. years old. Not too bad. Yeah, and you can just tell her best years are well ahead of her, so... What did uh, Rugby League do for its birthday? Did it, you know, have a party? Did it go well, out for a nice dinner? Well, uh, you know what Rugby League's like. Rugby League doesn't really like to make a big deal out okay. of things, so it just would have carried on, yeah. carried on uh, as, as it did, as she did. Just like my dad. <laughs> he doesn't like to make a fuss. Yeah, well... Um, so yeah, big occasion there. So. Oh, good stuff. Mm. And what about the weekend? What did you... What, well, what did you know like? what, the weekend... We all know I'm, I'm probably too Tigers focused, so knowing that they're out of the race, blah, 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 I don't really care about what has happened. Okay. I want to focus on what is about to happen. Well, we are progressive rugby We are standing on the cusp of history, because in a few short days, we will see the first ball kicked in the inaugural Women's Rugby League competition. This is exciting. Yeah, professional Women's Rugby League competition. So, I, uh, it's been a long time coming. I really like the way the game has gone about doing it. They haven't, um, they're doing it, I guess it's a, a softly, softly approach, making sure that it's done correctly, um, making sure that players aren't exposed to injury, making sure that there's enough talent to, to provide competitive games and all that sort of stuff. Also making sure that the teams are focused on key audience areas. Right. Uh, I'm all for that as well. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the first game. Yep. Um, and plus, if you, they're all double headers with finals matches. So yeah. um, I think it's, it's win-win. Get out there. You've got to go and see it. It's going to be amazing. It is exciting. And they haven't overreached, have they? There's only four teams. Who four are the teams? teams? We've got Brisbane. Brisbane, we've got the Warriors, we've got St. George Illawarra, and we've got the Roosters. Okay, so we're covering two countries, two states, only four teams, but not overreaching, starting small and building yeah. from there. And I, I do believe the, the, the teams were focused on those areas that had large junior development bases. Right. And I know there's a bit of controversy around the fact that Cronulla actually has a really, a really well-established and thriving women's program. Yeah. And they didn't get the women's team. Mm-hmm. But I think they, uh, they had to choose between St. George Illawarra. Illaw- uh, St. George Illawarra obviously have all of the South Coast, again, which is a really big junior 
female development area. Yep. Um, again, they've got successful women's programs set up there. So you just, just couldn't have, for the sake of the, the first competition yeah. and making sure the, the talent, the audience, the markets, I know you don't like talking about markets, but the yeah. markets were spread evenly. Yep. You just couldn't have a Cronulla team and a St. George Illawarra team. And do we know who's good and who's not? I know uh, Ruan Sims is playing for the Roosters, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are the favourites? I don't really think there are any favourites because yeah. we're not quite sure how they'll they'll go. Yeah. All the more reason which is why you should get out there. But That's of course, right. if you can't get out to watch a game, broadcast live on Channel 9. Is free that right? Yeah, free-to-air TV coverage of all games. Live! Yeah. Well done. It's amazing. Mate, rugby league. Like I said, her best user ahead of it. That is a great reflection, yeah. Big Al. It's a progressive reflection, if ever I've heard one. <laughs> uh, my reflection from the weekend, well... It came from by the AFL. And now, calm down, calm down, big Al. Excuse me. I'm just going to... This is a safe this. space, and you are... <laughs> I'm using it you as know, context. You know that's a trigger for me. I'm using it as context. Oh. Now, I heard, I think it was on Thursday, that the AFL picked their All-Australian team. <laughs> now, my first reaction, of course, was laughter. Uh, <laughs> you know, for international listeners... That's nice, good for them. Yeah, for international ri- listeners, the All-Australian team is the best of the best in the AFL, and it's a team that's never been beaten. <laughs> yes, and you know why? They're a very good team, but they've got no one to play against. <laughs> and the reason why I'm talking about it here tonight is that it's a good reminder, it's a timely reminder actually, of the importance of the international game to rugby league. It's so important that rugby league nurtures the international game. And because, you know, if we don't, then in a few decades' time, we could be in the AFL's position where the closest thing you have to an international game is naming an All-Australian team that's got no one to play against. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think that's, that is a fantastic reflection. And it really... Uh, those that make that, that say rugby league should only focus on New South Wales and Queensland and it shouldn't try and like uh, go beyond its boundaries, they're, they're, I yeah. mean, they're on a hiding to nothing because as the, as the world expands, yeah. the sporting markets shrink. So, right. I mean, rugby league's already battling with NFL and NBA, and not to mention, you know, the giant elephant of soccer. Sure. Um, you need to encourage and grow that international game, because you're right, the, the AFL All-Australian team. Oh. If there is a more irrelevant and useless sporting <laughs> team in the world, I'm saying in the world, I'd like to know who they are. Well, you were telling me earlier they, they've got a sponsor. Oh, uh, my God. They've, no got, game. they've got a sponsor, which just, anyway. We won't no games to play, but no they've games got a sponsor. To play, yeah. It's probably a freebie. Well, and I really think it's, it's really up to the NRL to nurture the international game. I know it's not really in their, in their remit, but they're the only rugby league organisation in a decent financial position. I heard today yeah. that they came up with a, a $50 million surplus. $50 million surplus, baby! Huge TV rights deal. I really hope they funnel some of that money into the international game because it's an investment for the future, excuse me, for the future of the NRL as well, for the future of rugby league. So, well, I think, I think we've seen uh, the NRL has uh, publicly made statements about what they plan to do about growing the game. It, you know, there's a lot of argy-bargy in the press that perhaps they haven't done it, they've sort of done it in their own NRL way without actually considering yeah. how they should do it Regarding the the RLAF and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Um, but at least at least everyone's agreed that there, there needs to be a focus on on international. Yeah, and as we've spoken, the players are on board. They're actually leading the way. Yeah. So I just hope the NRL put the money into it so it can grow. Yeah. Because you can't really rely on these uh, sports entrepreneurs. You know, we well, know it looks like the Rugby League World Cup in America may not happen. Hey, don't say that. <laughs> you do not say that. I'm saying that sports entrepreneurs are good, but you can't rely on them. Because, you know, it's, it's one or two people who are giving it a crack. Mm. And, you know, they want the best for the game, but 
it, there's a good chance it's not going to work out. Yeah. So it's really up to the NRL. I'm saying the NRL, it's up to you guys. You guys are the only ones with the money. We know the RFL in England, they're strapped and they're, yeah. they're desperately hoping for a decent TV deal coming up. And of course, the other uh, fledgling nations around the world don't have a lot of money. New Zealand's another one, basically got no money. Yeah. So look, NRL, what can you do? Speaking of the NRL, finals time. We've yeah, that's right. Finals. Well, I mean, just in the in the in the, the vibe of looking forward to not backwards, mm. we should probably consider we're we're, we're you know, a few days out from the first round of the finals. Top eight's decided. It's a great time we've of the year. We've got the you know we've got the top four playing each other, the bottom four playing each other. Yeah. But personally, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the field here. I'm looking at the eight teams. There's not much there for the progressive fan to really get excited about. I mm. mean, if we do, like, look at the top four, okay, Roosters. Roosters. I like to call the axis of cash. <laughs> Melbourne, who we've already decided um, labelled as playing corporate rugby league. Corporate rugby league. You've got Souths. Now, Souths, uh, in terms of the, the pillars of progressive rugby league, they yep. definitely stand for something. Definitely. And um, I wouldn't say they're particularly negative in their play. So they're, they're you know, maybe, no, the, maybe I can get on board with Souths. They've played some great footy this mm. year. And like you say, off the field, their leadership in yep. terms of Souths cares and their indigenous leadership. Mm. And of course, the physical disability rugby league. Uh, World Club Challenge that they just had over the weekend. They're doing good things. Yep. So, you know, yeah, tick so this out. There's something there. And then, rounding out the top four, you've got Vomit, Vomit, Vomit the Sharks. <laughs> oh, just makes my skin crawl to sh- saying the name. Probably the, the most unprogressive team in the entire, in the history of all time, I'd say. <laughs> Can I just say, though, that the Sharks, they have become more progressive from a low base over this year. I mean, they're playing better football. They've got Matt Moylan. Uh, they've got... Isn't that more than progressive? Well, he's... Wasn't he's he a... part of, like, the epic Bender crew? Yeah, but I don't know if he was. But anyway, I'm talking about his style of play. So okay. Will of the so, Wisp... Somewhat flamboyant. He's flamboyant. Yeah. You've got Valentine Holmes, who is another uh, flamboyant mm. good He's flamboyant, player. but I, I think he's he's not progressive in his attitude. Really? Attitude says a lot. What's yeah. his attitude? His attitude is he's got a particular, typical shark's attitude. Okay. And Moylan probably does as well, just by association. But I will say, I'm unloading on the sharks here. Yeah. The team, I don't think, is progressive. But the body... I believe, does enormously progressive things. As I mentioned before, the large, the, the women's program they've got going sure. on, which they've done off, off their own back, off their own skin, that yeah. is to be applauded. Can I, can I also stand up a bit for Melbourne? I know they play corporate rugby league and they invented the grapple and their defence, they can stifle a game, they can oh, kill yeah. a game. Yeah. But at their best, they're very entertaining. True. And also, we've got to remember, they're an expansion team, so we can't go too hard on them. We want to see expansion teams do well, don't we? That's true, we do. And like, a strong Melbourne, strong game, strong Melbourne. You I'm all so. for that. But um, I agree. They're not, the Sharks, Melbourne, and the Roosters, you wouldn't say, are in the top eight of our progressive yeah. rugby league rankings. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they've had a decent year, so good luck to them. Who, yeah. who have we got in the bottom eight? Well, bottom, yeah, bottom four, uh, Panthers... The Panthers, I mean, before the, the on-the-bus Cleary poaching saga finished, um, broke the other week, uh, I was all about the Panthers, and then I suddenly I, I, I went cold on them, uh, all because of the, the bullying tactics and the, the, the money that they've thrown around. Um, however, I do think that they probably uh, work with the, um, the progressive pillar of Entertain us. Yes. They are quite funny. Absolutely. It is the, the, the splashing of cash around, ripping up of co- coaching contracts, <laughs> the Gould, you know, the, the Gould dark art stuff in the media. That, that's, that's pretty funny, so I can get behind that. And, and also, I don't, I don't mind the way they play. Yeah, and they've yeah. had some amazing comebacks, which mm. is very entertaining. And yep. of course, pillar number one is Entertain Us Life is Short. Yep. Who else have we got? Uh, then we've got the Broncos. We all know how I feel about them and their progressive stakes. Yeah, Matt Lodge. Eh, fail. F. 
Yeah, regardless of how what they're doing on the field, Milford could be quite is quite a progressive player. They are a good team to watch, James but, Roberts. But Milford, no fail. Dragons, they're yeah. funny. <laughs> this time of year, they're hilarious. Actually, they're, 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 they're the Canberra Raiders finals team. That's right. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just if fade. You, if you can't have the Raiders in the finals, you may as well have the Dragons. Yeah, they're the second funniest team yeah. in the conference. And then rounding out the Warriors, well, you know. The shining light out of yep. the final series. The progress- they're the progressive team that I'm, I'm getting behind. I'm getting behind them too. Yeah. So I think, Jono, you, me, the slug, the slug, and all of our listeners out there, the PRL should get on the Warriors for this finals push. Absolutely. A, they're international team. Uh, they play progressive branded football, and they've got that breathing circle. Oh, a bit that, of yoga action. Meditation circle. One of the best. I think that, that's, that's probably my favourite innovation of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really on board with that. Well, that should be an award at our end of season PRL awards innovation. Innovation, of the year. save of the year. it, okay. save well, it. Whoop. Look out for that list. Well, we're going to have to close the, the markets then. That's right <laughs> for innovation of the year award. Uh, anyway, good reflections. So mm. Are you what? Who do you think will win the competition from you? Do you have a preference? Well, a preference. Preference. Well, I, I want the Warriors. Sure. I, if I, I'll, let's I'll order my my four yeah. favorite teams to 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 make the premiership. This, okay. the, I don't think this will happen. But the Warriors, uh, then Panthers. Uh, then uh, dragons and then rabbitos. Okay, good one. And the other, the other four, I don't want them to go anywhere near it. <laughs> well, we'll mm. see what happens. It's a very exciting time of the year. Mm. Okay, great reflections. Mm. Let's get on to the mailbag, shall Let's we? Let's do it. I've got uh, a little something I've prepared earlier. Uh-huh. Here we go. Count me in, big Al. A one, a two, a one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it on. Tell me what's on your mind And I'll reply in kind Let's get expressive Let's get progressive It's PRL Mailbag time It's PRL Mailbag time It's PRL Mailbag time Come on Big Al Big mailbag this week. Can we, can we, just, a... we just pause. Sure, go ahead. There was at least four different singing voices you brought out. These are these are these are characters I've not met before. Where did they come from? I was trying from? to fool the listeners that I had a, a band with me, but I'm, I'm a solo artist. Uh, big mailbag this week. We had a, of course, our PRL book club, The Forbidden Game, which we released last week, and we've had great feedback. Thank you to the listeners. We've had a, a lot of downloads and a lot of good feedback from people who have read the book, who haven't read the book. And a lot of people who suggested other books we could do for future book club episodes. So I think rugby rugby league book club, it's a thing, man. Yeah, it's a thing. So looking forward to more episodes of it later in the year, maybe sort of semi off season. I think it'll be a good off season option for because yeah. we're all once once the season shuts down, we're all sticking for a, a footy fix. Yeah. So here's some feedback we had. We had Malcolm from Sydney. I don't know if it's uh, former prime minister. He's got a bit more time in his hands, but he said. You know, thanks for the show. He's got the book, and it's a great read. French Rugby Union have a lot, that's in caps lock, mm. a lot to answer for. Mm. So he's obviously uh-huh. very passionate. He's absolutely right. Ben Costello from Canberra, he tweeted us and said, Great show and review of the book, Gents. It's, as you say, a work of art. Now, Did we say that? Yeah, I think someone we said must that. Have. <laughs> <laughs> now, we sent out a shout-out shout about suggestions for new book club episodes, I mentioned. 
and Ben got back to us, Ben Costello from Canberra, he said, I've got a few. How about Tony Collins or Sean Fagan's Rugby League History books or No Helmet Required by Gavin Willisey or Touchstones by Steve Mascot? Mm. Of course. Uh, Turtle Wilson, who I believe is from Brisbane. I might be wrong there, Turtle. He recommended Andrew Marmont's Their Finest Hour, which is, I think, the history of the Rugby League World Cup in 10 matches. So there's some really good options there. Now, upon these authors being suggested by our listeners, a couple of them actually got in touch saying that they'd be happy to help out, which is very nice. Um, Gavin Willisey, author of No Helmets, uh, we've now got a copy, which is fantastic, and we're looking forward to reading that. A, uh, a signed copy. A signed copy, we do. It's funny. Thank you, <laughs> I was saying to Big Al the other day, we should get a copy of No Helmets Required, and of course, Big Al, <laughs> typical Big Al's like, I've got one, it's a signed copy. <laughs> typical Big Al. Yeah, uh, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and we also heard back from Andrew Marmot, the author of Their Finest Hour, who said, wonderful initiative, there's an appetite for rugby league reading out there for sure. The Forbidden Game is a good start, and he'd be happy to help us out uh, if need be. So thank you guys, that's great feedback, and we're looking forward to doing our next Book Club episode. Now, we also got a tweet over the weekend from Ashton DeSantis Mm. from Sydney. Now, is that friend of the show, Ashton DeSantis? I'm about to upgrade him to friend of the show. I might even put him at mate of the show, because we've heard from Ashton a few times this year, and and he actually uh, pointed us pointed out to us during the, during the storm game on the weekend that there was a drink water factor mm. in the storm. And of course, I downed tools. I dropped everything. <laughs> I was cooking dinner. I said, "Drink water." What? <laughs> I turned on the TV, and there was Scott Drinkwater debuting from the storm. And he, of course, I think he's the younger brother of Josh Drinkwater, who's done so well in the Catalans. We've been following very closely mm. this year. We're so, all Drinkwater fans. I mean, the hydration factors for the Storm were very good over the weekend. Uh, they didn't quite win, but Scott had a good Perhaps debut. Perhaps they were too hydrated. No, no such thing. Got, got a stitch. <laughs> Maybe got, wait, got a stitch, yeah, yeah. got a stitch, so they had to, had to sit out for a while. Possibly. So, Ash, thanks again. You are officially friend of the show. Welcome. Uh, now, Gavin Wilsey tweeted us again, and he, he tweeted our book club episode saying, get on this, folks. Informative educational and entertaining. What more could you want? So thank you, Gavin. So it was a really full uh, mailbag this week, so thanks, everyone, and plenty more to come. You can get in touch with us on the Facebook, on the Twitter, or progressiverl at outlook.com. Still waiting for our first email. <laughs> and, and just, to, just to recap, we've, we've made some physical offers to get people to, to have people get in touch via email. We have. And I'm pretty sure that was a, a signed copy of your old... Yeah, Sturlo, Story of a Champion book. I, I uh, mean, well, not signed by Sturlo. No, signed, signed by, by please, more valuable. And yeah. uh, 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 now I will also offer a, a signed copy of a, like a 1987 big league magazine previously owned by Steve Mascord. Yeah, so yeah. The, the offer remains, if anyone wants to send us an email, uh, progressiverl at outlook.com. So that's the mailbag for the week. I think it's time for... Slug the gal and me, we like what we see when it comes to French Canadian rugby 13. That was harmony. That was right harmony. there, we got it. Ooh. I loved it. Um, all right, so let's get into some international rugby league as we uh, you know, can sit back and laugh at the all Australian AFL team. <laughs> let's actually talk about what's really happening in a, in a game that has some it. serious international competition. So before we get into, I know we're all dying to get into the qualifiers, yeah. let's stop and take a moment. Uh, and focus on Red Star Belgrade. So mm. the news came out throughout the week that Red Star Belgrade are officially 
making plans to make a formal submission for admission into the Challenge Cup in 2019. What a great story. So I, I probably should have researched this before we started the podcast, but I'm not, I don't know what the admission criteria is mm. for... Um, for getting into I, the Challenge Cup. I think there's an A4 form. Uh, yeah, so outside of filling out the required paperwork... <laughs> You've got to do it in, in the, blue pen or black pen. And fill it out in triplicate. In caps lock. <laughs> I think that's another one. But will the... Is it, do you think there's any chance of this actually getting up? Let, let's just assume they get the money, all that financial stuff checks out. Yep. Will, will they... Is, do, do they stand a chance of actually being admitted? I think so. I can't see why not. Why they couldn't come in in the early rounds with the lower-grade teams... Uh, they've done a lot of great things in Serbian Rugby League over the last 10 years. They've really built a grassroots uh, rugby league system there and they've got actual Serbians playing rugby league and it's, it's growing sport over there. So I reckon the but RFL would be crazy to, to they knock would them be, back. But like the RFLs now, they would have been crazy to knock back Toronto and they're now wishing that they could have. <laughs> It's yeah, it's true. just the commute. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a distance unless unless Red Star can commit to always playing in the UK slash France. Yeah, um, which will be a, a huge drain on the team financially, physically, and and emotionally. But it's it's only for the Challenge Cup at the moment. It's, they're not applying to get into the Championship yet. No, no, yeah, of course, but yeah. still, it, it's still. I mean, because the Challenge Cup rounds are so far apart as well. Yeah, that's right. So that's a lot of back and forthing for the for the Red Red Star fellas. Yeah, look, anyway. we should encourage it. Yeah. It's a great idea, and Serbian Rugby League is on the way up. So yep. good luck, fellas. Look out for them. Uh, you, have you got a jersey of theirs by any chance? Uh, no, no, I don't. Shoulder shame, you've outed me. Well, I do. I've got a multi, I've got, I've got a Maltese Knights jersey. I just bought a Swedish jersey. <laughs> did you? Yes, I did. That must be a beauty. The sweet, the Swedish jersey. That was beautiful. I'm waiting yeah. for it to arrive. Oh, wonderful. Um, and uh, Mascot Browns are about to release an Albania rugby league jersey. So listeners, uh, stay on the lookout right? for that. No, and yeah, Mascot so, Browns. Mascot Browns. Have they got? Is there anything they don't have in international rugby league? I mean, uh, they are I, not a sponsor of this show, by the way. I don't think so. But they've, they've got it all. <laughs> okay, cool. So if you want it, mascotbrown.com.au, <laughs> no, yeah, .com, I suppose. All right, let's, let's talk about the qualifiers. Yep. So it was a super Saturday over the weekend. Oh, we had three what? games back to back to back, um, all involving teams that are, yep. the, the PRO holds dear. Absolutely. So we'll just go through the results. So I had Toronto winners over the London Broncos, 34 to 22. Yep. Now, whilst I'm... Pro Toronto. Yeah, I'm also very pro London. You've got a huge soft soft, soft, I, I, soft spot for them. <laughs> I do, um, and it's a real shame to see London go down. I suppose for the greater good, it's best that Toronto win that game. Sure. Um, but still, I, 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 whilst I'm very happy for Toronto, yeah, I also am mourning the loss of two points for the London Broncos. There's something about the London Broncos over the last couple of games that they were down 48-10 against Leeds and then got it back to like 48-32 or something or 36. And then they were down about 30 nil against Toronto over the weekend and got it back to a, a decent, um, a respectable scoreline. Are they the kings of the consolation try? I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, when the game is over, they just put it, they just put it on, turn it on. Yep. Uh, well, it was a great, great performance by Toronto, an important win. Yep. And so, uh, moving second game for that, uh, for that day, Toulouse 42, defeated with Witness Vikings uh, 22. So. That was really the highlight of the weekend yeah. for me. I mean, not only to beat a Super League team, I know Witness haven't won in a lifetime, but they thrashed them. And I wonder if this is the moment, Big Al, where Toulouse start believing. Because all of a sudden, I'm starting to believe that <laughs> they could actually make it. I mean, that, that was, I saw some of the tries they put on. Fantastic. Well, I, I, you know, I'm a, 
I, I'm generally a very positive person. Yeah. And I always try to look up the, the bright side all yeah. the time. But the better to lose do, the more I, I think there is a distinct possibility that we might have to see something horrible like Toulouse play Toronto in the million pound game or something like that. I'll tell you what, that and is it, shortening in the yeah, odds. Yeah, and, and if that were to happen, what would, what would, what would we do? I don't know. Uh, how, <laughs> Are we, we'd have to turn away. I mean, in, in many ways it would be amazing because, wait, one of those teams is going to get promoted. Yeah. But at the same time, the mm. heartbreak at seeing one of those teams that had fought out so hard to be there not make it. Yeah, well, we're going to go through... I've got some predictions for the qualifiers. I really think it's almost cut and dried what's going to happen. So I'm going to take you through those shortly. But let's go through the rest of the results, shall we? The uh, rest of the results. So we've got um, Hull and Leeds. Hull beat Leeds. And then uh, Salford defeated Halifax. Salford smashed Halifax. Yeah. So Hull KR beat Leeds 38-36. And that was a, a massive win. So that's two... Away victories, tough away victories in a row for Hull KR. Remember, they beat Toronto a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, they did. Away they from should, home, have. and they beat Leeds on the weekend as well. Yep. Away from home, so you would think Tim Sheens's men—they've they've had two big wins away from home. I reckon they're a lock to make so it. So that's it. That I'm one out of four spots done. I think so. Yeah, well, I can accept that. Salford—they're the only team that are undefeated. I'm locking them in. So they're on. They're on okay. six points. They're locked in. They've already. They've played. I think two or three Super League teams already. Yep. For me, they're locked. No, two two Super League teams, I believe. Now, I reckon Leeds mm. will do enough to get in. Yeah, I agree. Damn it. So they're going to be a lock. So <sighs> for me, it's. And you can look down the bottom of that ladder. Witness are gone. Yeah. Halifax, Halifax are gone. gone. They've lost three in a row, and they look like they're out of their depth. So, so really. Are we putting a line through London as well? No, not not yet. Okay. I reckon there's a big game coming up between London and Toulouse. That is going to be an enormous game. Because yep. this is how I think it's going to work out. I think Toronto will finish fourth. And it's going to be a battle between Toulouse and London for that fifth spot. And it might come down to whoever wins that game between Toulouse and London. So, so Saturday, 3pm, Greenwich Mean Time. Yeah. That's it. That's the game. Oh, man. This is all... This is excruciating it's stuff excruciating. the anticipation yet the fear of it happening oh it's a lot to deal with it is but it's, it's very exciting yeah it just goes all, all back to your original um, point a couple of weeks ago yeah consequence it's all very consequential yeah uh, and I think if memory serves Toulouse they've only got one more home game so they have obviously they finished third in their championship so they only have three home games compared to London Sports so uh, it's very tough to win at Toulouse, as Witness saw on the weekend. So, you know, there's so many variables in there. So we'll have to wait and see. Yep. It's very, very exciting. And it's quite unfortunate. Of the four games next week, uh, the one that's being televised, well, it's not unfortunate. You still get to see them, is Salford versus Toronto. Okay. Uh, where it would be much, much better for, for us to be able to see London versus that's Toulouse. That's right. Yeah. Oh, well. What can you do? So exciting times. We can't wait for that game on Saturday. What else has been happening in the international rugby so league So let's run through some results that have just come in hot off the press. Yeah. Uh, so Norway has defeated Poland 76-0. Oh, okay. Uh, in Poland's very first officially sanctioned international rugby league match. Oh, good on them. So I think the, the Polish team's got a, a pretty cool story. So they're coached by a, a guy called Lee Addison, yeah. who's um, a, a teacher, a PE teacher uh, from Logan, Queensland. Yeah. With Polish heritage to his grandfather. Ah, oh, bless him. Uh, and I think the story goes, he just got a, he just got a call, um, you know, hello, would you like to coach the Polish rugby league team? <laughs> You're Which, from Queensland, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Um, but that's great to see another country like get off the get off the starting mark there. And um, don't be too disheartened, polls, because okay, you conceded seventy six points, but Hull FC conceded eighty on the weekend in the Super League against Warrington. So you know, it happens to the best of them. <laughs> Um, so again, sticking sticking in Europe, Germany uh, have defeated the Czech Republic twenty four four in a Rugby League World Cup twenty twenty one qualifier, and I'm going to call this one. That was an unexpected result because mm. the Czech Republic are quite strong, and Germany are relative unknowns in the yeah. international. Well, I mean, everyone knows of Germany, but <laughs> on the, you've heard of them, yeah. <laughs> the international rugby league circuit, they're not exactly powerhouses. Sure. Um, I'm going to put it all down to the home ground advantage in uh, Osnabrück, Germany. Okay. A known rugby league town. Is that right? Well, why not? It is It now. should be. It is now, yeah, because as you see, Germany have posted a historic victory there. Um, so, yeah, and then some upcoming upcoming games have just been announced as well. Okay. Uh, France are to play England in a test match. That's been announced for the 17th of October in Lee. Oh, cool. Now, the interesting thing about this is apparently this is the first time the English team will have played in England since 2016. Is that right? Yeah, which I, I, I found quite... Interesting. I suppose last year was a World Cup year. But be, you'd think there would have been warm-up matches. No, they Maybe probably they had their warm-up in... warm matches out here or yeah. elsewhere. Anyway, and so... then they had the Denver test earlier this year, so yeah, yeah that makes sense, I suppose. Mm, I guess so. Well, yeah, and I found, it, I found that shocking. Well, surprising. It'll be interesting to see how France go. I know they didn't do very well in the World Cup last year, but I wonder what something like the Challenge Cup victory will do for a national team. Does it mm. instill a bit of belief? Because remember, there were nine out of the 17 players in that Challenge Cup winning team who are French. Yeah. So obviously there's a decent team in there somewhere. So I hope really they, they put up a better showing than they have been on the international Yeah, area. I think, I think uh, it'll, it'll give them a bit of energy. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Now, we haven't actually been in the same room together since uh, Catalan won the Challenge Cup a couple of weeks ago. And, and I tell you what, I know as a Progressive Rugby League podcast, we... Look forward. That's what progressives yes. do. But maybe we should take a time just to reflect and just to enjoy that moment. How, how should we do it? Should we have a group hug or something? Come on, let's <laughs> hug it out. I mean, we, ever since the first episode, we were looking at French Rugby League and hoping and wishing for the best for French Rugby League, and they did something quite quite special. So I think... Let's hug it out, shall we? Yeah, come on. Yep. Yeah, there, there we go. We go. Oh, oh, yeah. There we go. That was <laughs> worth it. Impressive hug. <laughs> so well done, Le Catalan. Mm, you indeed. really made our week. Yeah. Um, anything else in the international? Yeah. Arena? Uh, so just remaining in um, in Europe as well. Uh, there's been another test announced. Sweden versus the Netherlands will be uh, playing on the twenty second twenty second of September. In Gothenburg, Sweden. That'll be a good match. I mean, yeah. now you've got your Swedish jersey. Oh, I've got my jersey on, yeah. What, what so colour is it? Yellow or blue? It's both. Fantastic. <laughs> it's yellow and blue, my friend. Oh, wonderful. Well uh, done. Yeah, thank you very much. That's it for International Rugby League Update? Yeah. Great. Well, I think it's time for the Progressive Moments of the Week. Okay. Shall we? Shall we? We shall. Take it away, sir. Uh, so, Progressive Member of the Week, I would like to highlight to all fans of Rugby League, yeah. especially fans of, of this podcast, because there are so many of them. Absolutely. I just wanted to highlight uh, a commissioner, uh, the, uh, uh, the only woman on the, on the Australian Rugby League Commission at the moment, um, who's got a long list of wonderfully strong, progressive accomplishments, which I'll just rattle off a few at the moment. She's the Pro Vice-Chancellor of the University of New South Wales, 
uh, admitted solicitor of the Supreme Court of the ACT, member of the Prime Minister's expert panel on constitutional recognition of Indigenous peoples, mm -hmm. member of the UN Human Rights Council. I think she's been doing that for about 18 years. Yeah. Um, she's also a proud Cobble Cobble woman of the Burrungum Nation in southwest Queensland and also of South Sea Islander descent. Right. But my point is this. She is quite possibly the wokest rugby league fan I've ever encountered in my entire life. Really? You should get on her, follow her on Twitter. I really should have written down her Twitter handle so I can announce it here. But she is, she just doesn't back down. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not in a horrible, you know, Twitter can get a, can be a horribly dark and aggressive place at yeah. times. She doesn't back down. She, she doesn't do anything in that regard. But she just stands up for her beliefs in rugby league. Yeah. Um, so she and she and I share opinion in particular ABC news editorial shows and their <laughs> deliberate bias towards a certain Victorian sport, those sort of things. But she's just she's really she she makes some great points in rugby league and also the other things that she's involved in, including um, you know, indigenous rights, reconciliation, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, not to mention um, women as well. Uh, but if you want someone in a position of influence mm. who has some very progressive views on the game. Get on board. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, progress, uh, progressive Professor Megan Davis. <laughs> she, of course, did the reading of the Indigenous People's Statement of the Heart, mm. Statement from the Heart, uh, trying to get uh, constitutional recognition for Indigenous Australians, which has fallen on deaf ears, of course. So keep fighting the good fight, Professor, and thanks for your support of Rugby League <laughs> and Progressive Rugby League. Uh, my progressive moment of the week, uh, I went down to Redfern Oval on Sunday. It was the second match in the Physical Disability Rugby League World Club Challenge. Now, there was a bit of uh, hoo-ha about the first match, which was prior to the Tigers-Souths game on Thursday. But this was the second match at Redfern Oval between Souths and Warrington. And it was just a great day. I was, was really happy to be there, watching it, witnessing it. Big crowd? Uh, yeah, it was a few hundred people. That's just uh, That's really willing good. people on. It was a wet morning. It was mm. a 9am start. Yeah, I Redfern. thought that was a little bit early. Yeah, oh, well, I think reason? they had the junior rugby league okay. games that were already starting yeah. during the day, so they just had to fit it in beforehand, I reckon. Yeah. But it was great. You had Adam Hills, uh, who really has whipped up a lot of attention for this concept. He played the first half for Souths and the second half for Warrington. Oh, team. Of course, that. he's a lifelong South Sydney yeah. fan, so he was thrilled uh, to pull on the South Sydney jersey, he says a dream come true. Uh, he scored the last try, of oh, course, as well. Winning try? Uh, no, they, not that it matters. No, it doesn't matter. Winning secondary, but Warrington won forty six to eight, so they were wow. clearly and clearly the better team. But it was just great to see because really, it just is so inclusive. This game not only does it give uh, physical disability players a chance to play rugby league, but it includes people of all shapes and sizes and ages. There were people over the age of 60 playing. There were a couple of five-year-olds playing too. Really? Yeah, they let, they <laughs> let sort of everyone play. And uh, the rules are modified so everyone mm. can have a go. And some people struggle to, to know, hold on to the ball, so they let, the, they let those yeah. people just Knock continue playing. So for me, it was just a really heartwarming moment. And I say to Warrington Foundation in South Sydney, kudos. Very well done. Uh, what, I, what, I, what I like about that is it was... Played under the the banners of the teams as yeah, well, so it wasn't right. it wasn't just a community team like yeah. it was the Wire and it was South. That's right. And at the end of the game, they had a presentation, and there was Jason Clark, who is a South Sydney player, who's going to Warrington next year. <laughs> he was handing out a little memento for each of the players. Love it, love now, it. I thought the memento was a little lame. It was just like a cap. I mean, cap oh, something. Cap, how about cap pin? <laughs> but uh, no, it was a really 
uh, nice moment. I think South's hosted Warrington very well. So, yeah. well done both teams. I was well really done. my heart was warmed on a very cold mm. Sydney Sunday morning. Well, I think that's it for the show. That's it. That rounds us out. Well done. We're done. Listeners, Slug will be back with us in the near future. But until next week, let me say, Progressive Rugby League is with you all the way. And see ya. See you later, folks. In Rugby League We Trust.